Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Let's talk about the Rangers. We'll see if we get to the starting pitching, but I want to talk about something totally different based on a tweet from Evan Grant this morning, which we have suggested for a little bit now. Justin Foscue just working out at first base. And Mike, I'm hoping you can help us out with this. This isn't a thing where... Everybody needs to try all the positions. I feel like this isn't a little league deal. I feel like if they're working you out there, it is for a very specific reason. Yes, I think Justin Foscue, as long as he has a decent spring, remember he was the 14th overall pick in 2020. This was a first-round pick from the Texas Rangers out of Mississippi State. He was a landlocked second baseman from what I understood when the Rangers drafted him. What I mean by that is – Sometimes you don't like drafting just second baseman because you might have a Marcus Simeon on your team and you're like, hey, we want him to be athletic enough, a strong enough arm to move to third base, to move to right or left field, possibly athletic enough to play center field. And I was told that Foscue's more a landlocked second baseman. There's not really another position he can play. But first base, not an easy position, but you you completely and totally take pretty much your arm strength off the baseball field at first base. Okay, I want to go a little bit more into the weeds with this if we can. Because you feel like if it's somebody who's a shortstop, you feel confident in athleticism that they can move. Yes. Yeah, so, for example, Position. I'm, I'm sorry I'm forgetting the Oklahoma's uh, head coach's name back in the early mid-90s when I got recruited there. But he said, we only recruit catchers, shortstops, and center fielders and pitchers out of high school. If you're not playing one of those four positions, catcher, pitcher, shortstop, center field, we pretty much don't recruit you because I can take a shortstop and put them anywhere in the infield or move them to the outfield. I can take a center fielder and move them anywhere in the outfield I need. Catchers, you need catchers, obviously. Sure. Uh, And you need pitchers. So there is the case that a lot of teams will look at a first-round draft pick and say, we're not just taking a guy who's landlocked at one position because I need the ability when that person develops, whatever position is open on the field, I want to feel like they can play a position. Like for Wyatt Lankford, for example, he can play all three outfield positions. There's no doubt. He's a, He can play center field for a decade in Major League Baseball. So, But we don't believe that will be the case because of that. That's enticing. Well, I'll tell you this. From what I've heard, I think if it becomes center fields available – I think it, from what I'm understanding, it might be more Wyatt Langford and keeping Evan Carter in left field because of the arms. Wyatt Langford has a better arm arm. than Evan Carter, and they both can cover a lot of ground, so they might look at it as uh, Wyatt Langford's arm wins out in center field over over Evan Carter. So I'm not saying I know that for sure, but... 
that'll be a decision to make hopefully this season down the road going, hey, how do we put together our best nine guys? But for Foscue, back to him, moving him to first. First of all, his from what I understand, his whole life he's played somewhat second base. Moving to first base, and I think he got a little bit of time there last year in AAA. I'd have to go look at his games played and where he played a position at. But he's staying on the same side of the field. And you'd say, well, what does that matter? And I would equate it to if you follow football and not much baseball, it's moving a guy from right tackle to left tackle or vice versa. Is it the same position? It kind of is. Tackle is tackle. Infield is infield. But when I move a person from second base to third base – They're seeing the game completely different. They're on the whole other side of the field. The ball reacts a little bit different on the left side of the field versus the right side of the field. So for him, he's seen the game of baseball from the right side of the infield. So that will help him out. The other thing, too, is he does have, from what I understand, average range at second base. Okay. That becomes way above average at first base. Think of Chris Davis, Mark Teixeira. Uh, guys that the Rangers have moved from third base to first base, and they're like, man, they're a really good first baseman. And at third base, they're like, yeah, they're all right. They, they can survive there. They can play there. But when you move a position player that's an infielder, second, short, or third over to first, their range becomes a lot better because a lot of times first basements can be Frank Thomas-type guys that maybe don't move as well. So I think he can be a valuable asset as a defensive player. And then I think the reason they're moving him there too is – they have a couple guys that are better second baseman than him. One, Marcus Simeon. Two, Josh Smith. Three, Ezekiel Duran. So he's fourth. You would assume would be those would be your bench players. Right. right and then Justin Foscue being a DH. Now when I want a predominantly right-handed lineup, tough lefties facing us, I can take Nate Lowe out of the lineup. I can move Justin Foscue uh, into first base. That takes a lefty out of my lineup. I can possibly, if you wanted to, if you have a four-man outfield, I can take Evan Carter out of the outfield and put Wyatt Lankford or Leody Tavares back out there. So my question to that is, I'm going to, maybe this is my more radical question or, or, or suggestion is, you're not adding anything to the team is what Chris Young said. I interpreted that as in terms of any more money or anything like that. But I could see how you'd be like, no trade either or anything like that. Would you think that Justin Foscue getting time at first base, I understand how he's the backup first baseman in addition to being the DH. Do you think they take a look at it and say, does this make Nate Lowe expendable in terms of picking up any pitching void we might notice during spring training? And or Justin Foscue and or Lowe. That, like that's the way I'm looking. You got to try, okay. try to find some fat. Okay. You, right now, Justin Foscue is a body in minor leagues and has nowhere to go. And if you want to be able to move him somewhere, he needs to have more op- options. Teams want to see that. Mike just kind of detailed that entire thing. So I look at it as both of those guys. Uh, whether or not they think Lowe can, you know, revitalize the 300 bat, but he played great defense last year. You know, I think they they're they're good with him there. But man, if you can get a pitcher out of one of those two guys. Or something out of one of those two guys, even if it's a prospect pitcher, so that you can start developing like that system a little more. But yeah, man, those that's right now, those guys are currency, and Justin Foscue is not worth enough. Okay. And sometimes though, I agree with you with what you just said. Sometimes Foscue can have more value today before he plays a day in the major leagues. Because yeah, right. people like the unknown. That's sure. why people have trouble in other sports trading draft picks. Because it's almost like, in a weird way, like, no, this dude's like a pro bowler. And they're like, I don't know. My my guy who I have no clue who's going to be might be the greatest player in the history of football. Because right. there's the unknown right. of what he's going to be. 
That's why Let's Make a Deal existed for so long and and came back is because like, oh, what's that mystery? Is is, is that apply in the card world too? Sometimes where I don't know if percent. this card's graded or not, but for sure <laughs> I could see that. Is all right. Am I looking at this in the wrong way? Because I think I see a path to upgrade the team that might be a little dangerous. Because I look at Leodi and I look at let's say Nate Lowe, and I see players that are good players, right? But I have replacements for them. In a way, yeah, I hear you. But I understand how that could be dangerous. I'm not saying you don't need depth, but I don't necessarily know how many players I want on my team that are depth that are starting players. For example, I can pop in Wyatt Langford or Evan Carter at center field and then however that flip ends Mm -hmm. up going. Or if you think you can run Foscu at first base, I immediately think Lowe and Leoti are there for trading if you feel like your rotation isn't going to end up being up to snuff. Is that too dangerous of a way to look at I, it? I think so because let's say, let's just say Evan Carter runs into a wall and hurts his wrist. He's been a guy that struggled to stay healthy in the in the minor leagues. Believe me, I've been following his career very closely. He usually has to go on the injured list at some point during the minor league season. Let's say something was to happen to a Doley. You know, like that that's where I'm I'm saying, Kevin, don't you want the depth? to be serviceable enough to you feel like it you're you don't miss too much of a beat when it happens. I do and that is a very fair fair point. But then I think and this is where maybe this is problematic. But then I think what if we had a real pitching competition because at least the way it's looking right now, it feels a little 90s Rangers-esque in terms of hey, I feel pretty good about two, three of these pitchers, four He'll be okay. Then I just need somebody to take spot five. The way I think about it is, what if I could bring in those two more pitchers and they're like, let's see which one of you can keep a rotation spot instead of, please God, earn a rotation spot. I'm with you. And I'm going to combine the two topics. We're starting a new topic with the rotation and the lack of depth for the first three months at least. If not, the whole season is... I know Dylan Cease looks like he's off the market because Chicago wanted way too much and nobody wanted to pay it. But I'm going to combine this with Leody Tavares. I like him. Love him. But you do have a replacement outfielder who can play center field in Wyatt Langford, or you can move Wyatt Langford to a corner and put Evan Carter in center field. The Rangers, I think, would feel comfortable either way. They love having four kind of starting outfielders, if you're including Wyatt Langford right now, and a very good reserve in Travis Jankowski. You're hoping your 14th overall pick. Last year, Justin Foscue in AAA hit 18 home runs, 84 RBIs, 94 runs scored, had a 266 batting average, but had a 394 on base percentage oh. and an 862 OPS. So he had 85 walks last year in 122 games. So he shows a good eye at the plate. And you're hoping at this year, 25, that he can if he played every day, could hit yeah. 25 home runs in the major leagues as a uh, everyday first baseman. He's going to right now be a platoon DH first baseman. But if I traded Nate Lowe, Leody Tavares, and a couple prospects for Dylan Cease, wouldn't Dylan Cease be more valuable to this team the next two years than Nate Lowe and Leody Tavares? I think so because – I'm just it, throwing it out there. I'm not saying yeah. that's available. I'm just throwing it out there. In my mind, Corey makes a very valid point, and in, I'm just thinking – can I get by with Jankowski? Or if you go to the infield, can I get by in shorter spurts 
with Smith or Duran or if you have somebody else, you want to pull up Wenzel or but whatever. Who, but who always looks like the genius? It's the manager slash coach that has that guy that everybody wishes they had. Sure. And that's why, like for me, Wyatt Langford's the wish I had that guy and or whatever. Like I, I, I seriously think the the starters are Carter, Leody, and that. Or if, hell, if Wyatt Langford was to beat out Leody, uh, I'm still like, hey, I have a Leody on the bench if I need to. And so I feel like the, like Bruce Bochy looks like the genius because he throws that dude into the mix whenever everybody's like, we thought they were down. And they just keep, we look at the Dodgers, and we're just like, how do they keep pumping these guys out? Do you believe Bochy can figure that out better than most? Yes. And maybe absolutely. he can be like, hey. You leave that to Hell, me. Hell, they I'll did it with Janko it last year, right? Like, they had a a, 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 a ragtag bunch how, of misfits in the outfield last year. How stoked were you when Travis Jankowski re-signed for the price he did? Yeah. If I had told you a year ago, hey. He wasn't going to make the team. There yes. was Leody got hurt at the end of spring training that Travis Jankowski stayed a Texas Ranger because I think, if I'm remembering correct, correctly, Bochi and Chris Young were going to have to have a tough conversation with Jankowski going, hey, we know how good you are. We know how good you can be. You haven't had a great spring training. Will you please go down to Round Rock and keep working on your game? And when there's an injury, when something opens up, you're going to be on the team because you're trying to convince him to stay in your organization and not leave. But because of that injury, kept him on the team. I think he batted right around 300 for the whole season. He, obviously, he doesn't have much pop at all, but he is a great fourth outfielder to have for the Texas Rangers. Really good defensive guy, really good pinch runner. Oh, man, hell can, of a pinch can, runner. He, last year, he did a good job of getting on base when he did have to have at-bats. So I feel great about the depth had of this baby in the team. Everybody did. I think all. I think everybody on the team had a baby last year. And then, because somebody did bring up, and the reason why I started thinking about the depth position-wise in your minor league system is, I feel like we haven't talked about Davis Wenzel in forever. That's another first-round pick who yeah. had a... Sandwich pick. Yes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sandwich round pick is who had a really good on-base percentage and has pop. I, I realize I trying, batting average is a struggle. I've had to reset my computer. I was looking at the top 30 prospects, but I can't because my computer's farting out on me, is... Didn't we mention a guy who's a first baseman last year who's a top prospect for the Rangers? He's not ready to play in the majors this year, but they're hoping maybe next year. Uh, he's a heavier guy that's a big power guy. I want to say Ortiz was his last name, but I could be completely wrong on that. But to your point of Nate Lowe, I don't think Nate Lowe's ever going to get a long-term contract with the yeah. Rangers. With Foscue being a 14th overall pick, with a premium uh, right now uh, position prospect being a first baseman that's a year or two away from being what they hope is an everyday player in the major leagues. So, I understand. I don't think they're going to trade Nate Lowe in the next six weeks. But I do see where Foscue playing first, if he takes off, remember... They've invested millions of dollars in a first-round pick. It's not like any other – it's it's somewhat like other sports. There is a little bit of – we want to show that our first-round yeah. pick is good. We don't want to – they're not going to peter out on Justin Foscue being an everyday player. They took him 14th overall in a draft to be an everyday player. And to your point, Ortiz is in high A. I got the name right. Yes. Thank you. And so – you might have a shot at 25, but that, yeah. that's still a pretty yeah. heavy curve. Dang, Kevin, I'm looking at uh, Wenzel's, like, OPS over his career. He's nine, you know, this is obviously different, but 
At uh, Baylor, he had a 1.095. He gets to the AAA 745, 669. Last year, an 838. And so, like, the consistency on that. Yeah, yeah, he's got some pop. He's definitely got some pop, and that's one of those guys that he was drafted right next to Josh Young. It's the weirdest draft, right? It he was. took two third basements yeah. with your top <laughs> yeah, He had 30 home runs last year for Round Rock. Uh, and his on-base percentage is good. Yeah. He's just not a good, consistent He's tur- 236, you know, which is and a- to your point, like to move to first base, you really would like your first baseman to hit 30 home runs and be a 100 RBI guy. Yes. Like a 240, 250 batting average. You know who's who's going to be traded uh, during the season? This is maybe for another topic. I'll just open it up and then say we'll talk about it next week. Is Pete Alonzo's going to be traded during this season? And I'm just wondering, the Rangers don't really need extra offense, but if you really wanted to put an offense over the top, you had a 50-home run right-handed Holy hitter in moly. the middle of the lineup. Yeah. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for the combo platter. Today, gum. Give us a what? sports opinion, and then do you chew gum, and what is the greatest gum of all time? That and Mike likes it coming at you next right here on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We're going to get to our gung combo platter in just a second where you have to give us a sports opinion and then what is the best gum of all time. But real quick, for the second time today, elaborating on the first report we got, we go back to the Corey Majors news desk. Shante Carver? Are you saying that because we got Greg Ellis yeah. as a defensive lineman coach, and you think we might have picked up Shante Carver as well? Kavika Pittman? I'm so Ebenezer sad that I Ekibon. knew. No, no! North you Carolina. Can't, They're you both can't in North be Carolina. Part of the bit if you're the news desk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Greg Ellis were both North Carolina defensive ends. Mike, this is a professional news desk that I'm trying to get information out of Thank right now. You, Andrew Brandt tweeted this out. The Raiders won big here. A gift wrapped $11 million just dropped in their lap. This is regarding the Jimmy Garoppolo PED two-game suspension and whether or not they would move on from him. Joel Corey, who we've... Uh, had on the station many yes. times. I think he's fantastic. Former agent. He said, it could be the difference in whether a post-June 1 designation is used to release Jimmy Garoppolo. There's $17.068 million in dead money instead of $28.318 without the 11.25 2024 base salary guarantee. And that base salary guarantee is the factor there. They could definitely yeah. just say, hey, man, PEDs, that was part of it. 
See you later. We don't have to do it. But that's $11.25 million that could be dropped right in the Raiders' lap to Man. do whatever they want with it. That is that is pretty wild. So when it comes to the combo platter, I have a feeling we're going to see this one a lot. Uh, from the 214, Denver keeps Mr. Unlimited and makes the playoffs and Fruit Stripe Gum, the flavor that lasted a whole two minutes. From the 214. I think you're exaggerating. <laughs> I, it's not my opinion. Mike, you're going to love this one. Matt Duchesne will win the MVP not, don't, don't of the me. NHL, probably in the playoffs, as he leads the Dallas Stars to the Stanley Cup Finals, and no bubble gum is better than Big League Chew. Big League Chew is so much fun. Because you get to Which act like flavor? Gum. Great. The great. I did like the grape better than the original. But you yeah. just got to act like it was a chaw. You know, you're yeah, like, you got yeah. to act like you're doing tobacco. It was, that is an interesting time because we had candy cigarettes. Yeah. We had big league chew with the whole idea being pretend that you're a big leaguer yeah. chewing tobacco. Yeah. And we were just like, that's fine. Go yeah. ahead. And then they changed it better. to the, the fruit, not fruit by the foot. The tape gun. Bubble tape. Bubble, Bubble tape. tape, because then it looked like in your back pocket you were carrying dip. Oh, yeah. yeah right? right? I mean, it was all like, hey, look. I know that wasn't big league chew, but it also, I always thought of it being, you know, watching Major League Baseball, and now you never see this anymore, but guys used to carry the dip in their back pocket. Yes. So you always had the round 10 in the back pocket. So you're like, man, if I got the, was the bubble tape yes bubble tape that you could put it in your back pocket and look like a major leaguer Dude, yeah. they had bubble gum cigars you remember those oh, I, like i remember when I don't my know sister was I born that. when my sister was born my dad passed out pink bubble gum cigars that is awesome but also it's amazing what you used to be able to get away with in advertising and stuff now i have a feeling this gum Smoke this fatty kids is gonna come <laughs> you still got time for 130 is I have a feeling this one's going to come up a lot. Mike, I think this is closer to what you think. For the 817, Mavs make a deep run in the playoffs, but injuries stop them from being in the championship. And for about 15 seconds, Fruit Stripe gum is the best. That's the thing about these flavored gums, Fruit Stripe. They are so great. And then you're like, where did the flavor go? Like literally anywhere between 30 seconds and I'll give you two minutes. Sure. You're like, that was great. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't it have any taste anymore? And that's why there's so much in the pack. That pack came, you know, it, there were 68 pieces of gum there because they knew you're going to chew one. And did they did they taste different? Did orange taste different than yellow, than purple? Do y'all remember if the fruit stripe gum tasted different or if I it was just amazing I don't know if flavor? I do recall I, don't, that. I thought they all tasted the same. But How do you maybe get there flavor in gum? Well, it's the same in Skittles or whatever. You just add the the. I know you, you had food coloring to change the, the shell or the, the color of it, but there's some sort of, I call it perfume, but there's some sort of gel or whatever that they put into one that's purple to make it have a grape flavor. And there's some sort of gel that they put in to make it have a cherry flavor. Even though it's not tasting like oh. cherry, we just know like, oh, I like this. This is the red flavor. Yeah, where <laughs> if you had an actual cherry, you'd be like, this tastes nothing like the candy that right. I'm thinking Gum of. Gum perfume. That's all I can think of now. From the 682, the Mavericks will win at least one playoff series, non-play-in, and I chew Big Red and Big League Chew when I chew gum. The problem is I also swallow the gum every time I chew it. Why? I, because you're worried that it'll be in your system for seven years, right? No, but why Why do you swallow it every time? 
that. The gum, dude. I want that. The gum. It's because like you can keep from swallowing gum, right? Yeah. Like it, 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 I would hope so. I do. I did have that moment where somebody said, "Don't swallow that gum because it'll never pass through." And I was like, "What are you talking about? It'll never. Why is it gonna get stuck?" And they're like, "It's gonna get stuck to your intestines. How? Tell me how." Yeah, I, I science me that. And I'll, I'll be like, "You know what? Good point." See, when you're younger, that's a good age to science it to you because yeah. you're more apt to probably believe. I believed things. everything back then. Corey, Mike, would you like? Yes. Oh. So this is based off of my baseball nuggets, Evan Carter. I've heard of him. That's He's going to have a 400 on base percentage his oh rookie my gosh. year. Remember, last year was not considered his rookie wow. year. He is. Yeah. He's eligible. He's a rookie this year because last year he only played in 23 games. And I can't remember all the standards you have to reach to for it to be your rookie year. He was 413 last year. He was. I'm just going to give you his Whoa. on-base percentages for his career. In 2021, in 32 games, because he's – that was a short – well, he hurt his back that year, I can remember. He had a 438 on base percentage in A-ball. Then the next year combined between A-ball, high A, and double A, he had a 397 on base percentage. That's the lowest of his career. In 2023, in the minor leagues, he had a 413 on base percentage and as Corey just mentioned in his 23 major league games he had a 413 on base percentage so am I going out on a limb here it is the major leagues it's not a ball through triple a but I think he continues that I'm not saying well over 400 it honestly might be 385 but I think he's going still be yes tremendous. I think he is going to get on base 40% of the time, which will be interesting as the season progresses. If he does this early on in the year, it seems like we're not hearing anything. It's early. I'm wondering when they're going to question Boach. Maybe it wins game starts. We'll question him. We get yeah. to have him every yes. Tuesday. Yes. I'll question him. Is, is a 400 on base percentage guy the perfect leadoff guy for this team. And you just move Simi into two and Seager to three. Or do you just say, well, he's getting on base 40% of the time. We're just going to bat him third or fourth. This has got to be so much fun because Boach knows like what he wants out of each one of those spots. And it's got to be so much fun for him to sit there and draw these lineups up every day and start imagining what each one of these guys can do in those spots. But it's just got to be an absolute blast because he has the talent in that roster to do kind of what he wants to there. Obviously, they're still kind of hoping that somebody stands up and says, I would like the four, the three or four hole, and I want to be the dominator there, three or five or whatever. Can I have a question to you guys off of my take on Evan sure. Carter has a 400 on base percentage? So I'm not giving you home runs. I'm not giving you batting average, but a 400 on base percentage is probably going to lead to a good OPS and probably a good batting sure. average. All right. What does Wyatt Lankford have to do to steal away the rookie of the year in the American League if Evan Carter gets on base 40% of the time? It's got to be at least 35 bombs, right? Wow. That's this is a your significant opinion. number yeah. in his rookie I, I, that's, season. That's what I – well, I mean, to 400 on base percentage is 
pretty damn good. I would say 30 is still pretty good for sure. to steal that away. I, I would love it if that was the argument at the end. Which Ranger should be the rookie of the year? We're, like, we're anticipating Langford's more power than Carter in his career sure. then. Um, and I so that would, be the, that would be that factor yeah. is that's the difference because he's a really good hitter too. Yeah. I mean, we just we saw the the number that predicted he was going to have the most doubles in Major League Baseball this year. On their scouting reports, Wyatt Langford is considered like the high about the highest you can get for power. Obviously, he doesn't have Aaron Judge, Pete Alonso ranking, but he's way up there in his scouting report. Evan Carter's rated as average power, yeah. so yeah. just to give you an idea. But obviously, uh, elite on base percentage for Evan Carter. My favorite gum. Probably just your regular spearmint gum. Spearmint, like uh, for for uh, breath purposes, because I oh. like kissing, you know. Okay, so you don't chew gum for the enjoyment, just to pop up the breath. More I don't. Likely? Yeah, like I Wrigley's. Don't, yeah, the Wrigley's double mint. Yeah, or any Rhino. type, any type of just kind of spearmint gum. Wrigley Field. No. Um, but like really had juicy fruit, big red and double mint. Those three were the ones that my grandma always had a pack of those in her purse. And two of those I think are outstanding in juicy fruit and double mint. Uh, from the 817, Nate Lowe will have a bounce back season and winter fresh is the best gum from the 214. Rangers win the West and sweet mint is the best gum from the nine. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I don't know that one either. From the 972. Mavs will get the sixth seed and make a deep playoff run. Juicy Fruit is underrated. I think Juicy Fruit suffers from the Fruit Stripe uh, situation a little bit where that two minutes or whatever, it's awesome. It's however they make those gums. They're not expensive gums. They're not like from Willy Wonka. And then after that. You didn't love the gum in the the pack for for the cards? I, I it honestly, was always so stiff. It just, I'm, it's true. I remember Fair enough. maybe one stick of gum per box at most I would try. And by the time I'd done it like three times, I was like, I'm not putting that gum in my mouth ever again. It would, it would amazingly, like you said, it would fall apart, turn to powder, and then turn back into gum. Somehow. Yeah, that I, was the weirdest thing. That should be another G bag bet. Payoff. I have plenty of 1987 tops packs. We need to bring some of those up here and be like, your bet payoff is to chew this gum. One a day, Mike. Those 1987 packs will be worth something. Yeah. They're worth something. I feel like they've. If I can go around this United States of America and burn every 1987 card, which would probably be the biggest bonfire in the history of the world, then they would be worth something. My my sports thought here. (laughs) Daniel Gafford will go down as a top three Maverick center by the time his career is over. Whoa! Knuckle balls. Okay, so and here's can you tell me who the other two are? Tyson Chandler, because he's for number his one. one year. He's number one for the he cha- He back. brought us a championship, guys. Uh, James Donaldson. James Donaldson is, is number yes. two. In '88, he made the All Star team. And then you, Where, where's Curtin Impheus? Where's Where's KP? You know? Where's Dwight Powell? Where's Sean Bradley? Where's Herb Williams? Oh, Herb Williams. That's a great trade. We only had to trade Detlef Shrimp for him. God, what the crap are we doing? Chris came and Sam Dow. Are you hold on? Are you getting mad yeah. over a trade from like yeah. 35 years ago? Yeah. 
I am. Because you know what? My childhood in 87 when we lost to Dell Ellis and Xavier McDaniel hurt a lot when okay. we were the two seed. And then as the three seed, everything looked like it was coming together. Mm-hmm. And then we lost to the Lakers. They're in a dynasty in seven games. And we're coming back the next year. And Roy Tarpley has to do all the drugs. And then he has to get hurt. And then we're like, oh, Mark Aguirre throws a little fit. And then we have to trade him for Adrian Dantley. And then we're like, we need a big guy. How about old Herbie in Indiana? Well, Herbie stunk. And we had to trade Detlef Shrimp. That was a horrible trade. And it just that ruined my childhood. Five years then we drafted ago, Mike. Randy White and Doug Smith. And they all stunk. Then we traded for Fat Lever, and he couldn't stay on the court. So then we had a whole bunch of six-footers. And we're like, you know what we need to do next? Let's see if Mike Isolino can play basketball. I want to he point can't. out. Corey's Wayne Cooper. Sports opinion was very positive, mm-hmm. and this is the road we've traveled hey, down. We had Lauren Meyer. What do you think? <laughs> I remember him. Iowa State. I, I'm going to ask you this question for real. What do you think for this season, just on the Mavericks? He's averaging, I think I looked it up, 15 and 12 right now. Monster. Do you think he keeps that average the rest of the season? He was 10 and 8 when you traded for him. I was going to say 14 and 10 feels reasonable to me. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say twelve and ten is reasonable for me, okay. uh, and because I already put him at ten earlier, Mike. Whenever we were discussing that, and people said you already passed Lively for Gafford. Yeah, I mean, like Lively, they could both be in the top. Lively's end of his career could be a different thing. Like he could be here longer. You know, Gafford might not be here for his entire career. But, you know, it depends well, he on won't be because he was with Washington, right? To start it, but it it might not be. He might not be that piece. But I think that because of what he can do right now and the run they're about to go on. That that's gonna that's gonna be a place. Plus, again, I want to give you a hug. It's not like the Mavericks have a long history of great center play, so like True. that's not that. This difficult has to be to if you started in 1980. I, I don't even care. You know what? Every team, because then I'm thinking Charlotte. Well, they had like Alonzo. We lost. They had Alonzo Morning. Yeah. Like, we. This might be in the history of basketball. I think you the might worst be right. center situation in the history of basketball for all teams. The and then my gum Bazooka Joe. Bazooka Joe was when my mom showed me Bazooka Joe, I was like, what is, what is this? And she was like, there's a little comic strip wrapped around your gum. And I was like, the gum's not great. It's not great. True. But I loved being able to unwrap them, read the Bazooka Joe comic and then move on with my life. Did anybody put double bubble? Cause that's the double bubble's good. That's the that's baseball's. Yeah, gun, that's right? the one that's in the the locker room, from, clubhouse, dugout from the nine four zero. This first part is help. Hurtful. It's spelled double wrong. Double bubble watermelon is to me what cocaine is to Kevin or was. That's hurtful. The Cowboys will let Dak play out the final year of his contract. Ooh, we could only uh, no. I, I, I look. Don't. I've been. I have been very adamant. I believe that is what they should do. Now, on the flip side, I realize that that's probably not what they're going to do. From the two, no, what is that look? I'm what sorry, is, guys. Jordan I just Montgomery got a tweet from Evan Grant. Is Justin Foskey not going to play first base? Josh Young experienced some calf discomfort during workout this morning. He will have an MRI. I just bought a Josh Young rookie card today. Okay, but it is still February. It's cold in, in Arizona, so, too. So is it? It, it, it hopefully last it, year that was Degrom's thing, right? They were like, it's still a little cold right now. So hopefully it won't be that. I'm bad. sorry, I did, I overreacted. 
I overreacted to did get very Josh Young experiencing some calf discomfort and having to go get an MRI for it. Yeah, the MRI thing is the thing that's a little bit concerning Agreed. to me because if it's Agreed. just like crampy or whatever, you're kind of like, all right, let's just give it a few days. We'll give it some treatment, some stem, and we'll be fine. But when they're like, hey, let's go get an MRI, that doesn't sound the best. I'm not saying it's going to lead to anything, but that's not good. All right, sounds like Corey Seager's out most of time for a different reason. They might just have an MRI machine, and they just want. They're like, let's just fire it up. We haven't yeah. used it yet. That's We're really true. excited. Justify its cost. Turn it on. Yeah, let's go see what it can actually Everybody, do. MRI from the two one four. Sadly, in all of you, yeah. I don't think the Rangers will make the playoffs. Not enough quality starters and bubblicious watermelon. For 10.3 seconds. Will you take this for that person who just texted in? What if we have the Bruce Bochy San Francisco run? Win the World Series, not make the playoffs. Win the World Series, except, not make the playoffs. Except, Win the World except, Series, except. not make the playoffs, and then he retires. But you never get a back-to-back world championship. Yes. That's fine. We won three world championships. But those other three years, you didn't even make the playoffs. That, I have no problem with that I whatsoever. I don't either. Let's do that. I'm out on that. Oh, my gosh. And so, then he retires. I'm going to go to Chris here. I want I want back to back to back. I believe Chris has a lot of confidence. His last name's Strong, if you forgot. That is, yeah, I did Strong. not forget. That's amazing that you still remember that. <laughs> is He feels very confident in his gum. Chris, give us a sports opinion and then the best gum. Yeah, my current sports thought is actually on Jake Ottinger. And Ottinger did a good job not giving up 10 goals last night. So yes. he got the win. Good point. Mm-hmm. Yep. That <laughs> is a his good point. And he gets to leave the game early, true. too. Facts. 98th win in his career. Guys, who has the most wins in Stars franchise history among goalies? Ooh, I'm going to go Turco. Yep. Marty Turco, 262. Friend of the show. I would also like to guess Marty Turco. <laughs> it is Marty Turco. Mike. Well, Eddie the Eagle. I knew he was going to say that. Mike. Eddie had 160, but Turco has two, 262. Who's My second? Second is Kari Lettinen, actually. He just played a lot. He kind of sucked. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we, oh, we man. All wanted he's the Dwight Powell of the we, Dallas Stars. Do I need to no, know the history? He was better than that. No, he was better than that. He was better than that. Mike, it's the player that you're like, he's he's got all these things. Like, he's big, he can do all these things. Why aren't you better? It's that player. We also Why? had no defense in front of him Why whatsoever. Why am I like, who is the goalie from St. Louis we had before Ottinger? It sounded like Turco. It's Tur... Ken. Turkentrot. What? Mike. Turkey. You, you don't know. Tur- Safeco. You <sighs> said it sounds like Turco. It's Ben Bishop, right? That, yeah, it's Ben Bishop. That doesn't sound like Turco. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was thinking of Turk. My bad. I don't. It was Ben Bishop. He is six no. foot seven. We lost to the St. Louis Blues in the playoffs. Am I correct about that? But he's from St. Louis, and that was a big deal because his family was there, and they're big St. Louis Blues fans. But they had to root for the Stars because their son played for him, and then their son didn't have a great series, and then you lost. That's no. all factual. I was thinking of Roman Turk. That was the one I was thinking. This gum better be good because you have facilitated all of this nonsense, Chris. I'm so sorry. My sports take, real quick. Ottinger's going to pass Turco. He's going to have more than 262 wins. I like that. My gum. In your face, Turco. I completely agree with y'all. Big League Chew, number one. Oh, nice, nice, nice. What's a Big League Chew right now? You can. It's probably at 7-Eleven downstairs. 
Are you going to be like Mike and try to make a run for no, it? I, I just said break? I want some right now. I didn't say like, hey, you know, at some point Mike can get it? some. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, we got Mike likes to go run I'll down go there, get, get some big league. No, too. I thought I was gonna go get oh. it for no, him. This is your segment. I know Mike likes not being on the radio, but <laughs> that's this new segment. All I right, like twelve forty-five from now on, Mike likes not being it's, on the radio. I'll be back, guys. It's time for Mike likes it. All right, so we haven't talked about this, and rightfully so. And guess what? Mike doesn't like it is really more of the topic here. And it is the NBA All-Star Game. And I just want to put this out for you youngsters out there. Like oh my, my man Chris Strong. So the All-Star Game, they've been running a commercial for a few weeks now. I get it. Getting prepared for the All-Star Game. The starters were announced and the reserves. And it's back to East versus West. So they're yeah. trying to play on the nostalgia of <laughs> remember when it was East versus West. And they show Magic and Kareem and Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. It's like Michael and Isaiah were on the same team. Can you believe it? You know, kind of, they're giving you the pictures if you were old enough to remember that these guys that hated each other and had these battles in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference became teammates for one night. And they played their hearts out. And you know what? They did back then. Yeah. So I'd like to say, if you are 30 years old right now or younger... I want you, if you have time, if you think the All-Star Game is cool, I want you to go back, and I'm just going to give you a couple years just to get prepared for this. Watch the 1988 All-Star Game. That's in Chicago. Michael Jordan wins the MVP. He's young then. He is not established as the best player in the league yet. It's the league of Magic Johnson. Larry Bird's fading. Isaiah and the Detroit Pistons look like they're going to take over the Eastern Conference. But you're going to watch in 1988. All of these great players, and they're all great players today that are in the All-Star Game, but you're going to see these greats of the greats playing. And Hakeem Olajuwon's in there, and you're going to go, wow, look how hard they're playing. Like, they're trying to lock down each other. In fact, when they get to the rim and they're trying to put the ball in the basket, they might kind of intentionally foul them, not knock them on their ass, but like they're going to protect the paint, and they're going to say, look, you're going to have to make free throws. Especially The fourth quarter was... 100% playoff game basketball. Do you, can, mm-hmm. can I ask just one question? I, I'm not saying the whole game or anything like that. Did you think the first All-Star game after Kobe died had some of that vibe when they tweaked it up a little bit? I felt like you in got... In the fourth quarter, yeah, yes. Yeah, in the fourth quarter, I felt like you got a hard run in that one. And it looked like the, whatever, the Elon ending, Elam ending. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if they still have that. I'm going to tell you the last two or three years, I haven't watched a second of it. Okay. And the other thing, too, is I shouldn't say I haven't watched a second because I watched Luca to start the game, walk up, and and literally, I'm not making fun of Luca. Luca doesn't, it's weird how much he wants to be a part of it. And then when the festivities start, he literally doesn't try at all in this. But I just want you to go back, and this could be fun if you're an NBA fan. Go back to 1988. Jordan wins the All-Star MVP. It's in his town. And watch how hard these guys are playing. In fact, there's two Dallas Mavericks in that game. Mark Aguirre and James Donaldson are on the Western Conference side. And then I want you to go to 1998. 1998 is the year that Kobe's in the All-Star game for the first time and Michael Jordan's last year in the All-Star game as a Chicago Bull. And I just want you to watch the effort and the energy. This is where Kobe has an unbelievable, I think, like behind the back kind of layup, revert. You know, it's tough to explain, but I want you to watch 1988, 1998, 
and then maybe it still continues. I can't take you to maybe 2008, but maybe go to 2008 because I can't remember that at all. I know that LeBron completely ruins the NBA All-Star game with his lack of effort and told everybody else, hey, I want everybody not to try. And you really believe... I do believe that. I do believe LeBron is the leader in do not try basketball in the NBA All-Star game. And look... If you go to 1988, you're going to see some uncontested layups early in the game. Not near what you see today, but you're going to see at times a little bit of the lane open, uh, but you're also going to see some pretty good basketball. They're playing at about 75% to start the game. Maybe even a little bit more to start the game because it's the starters and they want to show the first three minutes, and then the game starts taking on a a quicker pace than what you're used to uh, in a regular NBA game in 1988. But my issue here is, is why does anybody watch this when nobody tries? I watch it for the introduction and then about three to seven minutes in, I'm pretty much wiped. I'm like, okay, I've seen my guy yeah. and that's pretty much it. Here's what I don't get, Kevin. I'll let you, yeah, yeah. sorry to cut you off no, here, you're good. is I can't remember in my life. It may be happening. Send it in on the text line. I cannot remember in my life since about 1986 because the game was here in Dallas. That was when it was like so awesome. My dad got to go to the game. I went to the slam dunk competition and three-point competition. I did not go to the game. I remember Isaiah Thomas winning the MVP. It used to be a big deal because they tried really hard. So winning the MVP was a big deal when the best players in the world tried to play basketball against each other. I don't remember, Kevin, anybody ever having a major injury in the All-Star game. So I don't know why the we can't try because somebody could get hurt when nobody's ever got hurt. I wonder if the other thing was it fits into the idea of, I'm not trying to drive you crazy here, the idea of load management in terms of I have a finite amount of minutes, whatever, that I can put on this body. And if I go full speed, that's going to cut into it and make me miss a regular season game. Just a guess. And I think the thing that I like, you also are not a fan of, and I totally understand why. I still really enjoy NBA All-Star Saturday night. I I realize the name value of the slam dunk competition has really dropped off, although a little bit of a tweak there this year. But I still like the skills competition, three-point, because I think you get some quality yeah. names there. I still have fun with that. I was excited about the skills competition until Luca, who I love, decided to walk through the competition. I'm like, why did you yeah. enter? What's what's the point in entering if you're not trying to win? Yeah. Like, it'd be like if he entered the three-point competition, he'd get off four shots. I'm like, you shot four shots in a minute, man. Like, move around, you know. He doesn't seem to, as competitive as Luca is, he has no competitiveness this weekend, and I don't get that. I don't get, if you're playing against the best in the world... Why you wouldn't want to try to show you're the best in the world? Allen Iverson, Shaq, Kobe. I'm trying to take you to a little bit. Dirk had a little bit of a tr- a tough time in these games because he needs like a point guard to kind of set him up. And they did here when they played at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. He had a very good game because it was his home city. He wanted to have a good game. And so you could watch the one here and see that, yes, throughout the years, it starts getting worse But if you went back, younger people right now, this is my point, go to YouTube and watch the 1988 All-Star Game. You're going to enjoy watching Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. It's going to look like a very different game. They're still going to the post. They're still trying to drive to a congested lane basket. They're getting hammered at times. And then watch 1998 and go, what happened to this game? This is the best players in the world trying to win a basketball game. So 
But you will not watch this game. I'm not watching. So it doesn't irritate you. Because I've t- it irritates me that I would love to see Luca, yeah. m- my guy for my team, play in a very competitive All Star game, but nobody's going to try. So I don't get. Hey, I don't even know. Didn't somebody score like sixty last year in the All Star game? Or I, dude, I think there, like Curry didn't he hit like fifty uh, threes? I, and it doesn't matter to me because I'm like he's nobody's trying. So yeah, I get it. Curry might be able to score four hundred points tomorrow. <laughs> like. It, why? Sunday. Just give him the ball every time, and nobody's going to try to guard him. Nobody's going to try to stop him. Like I, there'll be a guy. I think if this continues, who scores a hundred points in one of these games. Yeah, and I understand the reasons why you wouldn't like it. I do feel like for some reason I would, I would tune in for that. Hey, he made a hundred. He made fifty layups in a row, uncontested. Well, guess what? So can I. I want to see NBA, the NBA's best, compete against the NBA's best. And that's what they're you, promoting. I watch they're promoting they're going to try. I want to watch you make 50 uncontested uh, layups in a row. Uh, okay. I do. I want to – let's uh, – we're going to Arizona. Do they have basketball courts Out, in Arizona? Outdoor, yeah. The they wind have, might yeah. mess me up, but, yeah, I'll try. Oh, already <laughs> making excuses. <laughs> you know, this is the thing about the all-star game in baseball. Oh, It wasn't that. like Nate Evaldi's like, I'm going to throw it 62 miles an hour, and the hitter's like, I don't know, I'm just going to bunt it back to the pitcher. But he wanted to, to beat first. that guy. He wanted to beat the three guys he was going to pitch against. That's what makes the, MB, or sorry, the MLB all-star game so awesome is literally they're trying their best. Everybody's trying at a huge effort to show that they can compete against the best and beat the best. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, time for the C-Block starring Corey Major. Why you should watch the NBA All-Star. <laughs> no, that's not, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But I would we, love that. we got to update. we got to figure out what's going on with Josh Young. Plus, more Micah conversation. And Atolo made an awesome song next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 